Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 14. Episode 48. This is Writing Excuses, how to practice world building. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. Granted, this entire season has been about practicing your world building, so I understand if you've given me a kind of quizzical look as I have introduced this to you, <laughs> um, listeners, but... Uh, we are in our last month of our year of world building, and I wanted to, to ask some questions that just didn't fit into any of the other episodes um, and talk about like some of our favorite world building exercises and things like that. So um, one thing we'd like to do when we wrap up a year is kind of ask, is there anything you've learned this year or anything new you've been trying in your in your fiction, this time relating to world building? Your brain <laughs> isn't big enough. Hmm. You cannot speak for yourself. Keep all of this in your head. And so ultimately, your world building, you're trying to build an entire world. Of course, it's not going to fit in your head. Heads go inside worlds. You are going to have to use some sort of tool to record this. And it might be index cards, it might be a spreadsheet, it might be a wiki, it might be some sort of relational database, I don't know. But for me, that discovery that I cannot hold all of these things in my head and I have to write them down, I have to record them in some way, uh, was intensely liberating. Because the moment I did, I gave myself permission to forget those things. Oh, I can forget that because I've written it down. My computer will remember it. Uh, it definitely won't crash ever. Um, and and sure enough, the ideas flow faster. The world deepens itself much more quickly as I commit things to paper. Ironically, mine is the polar opposite of that, <laughs> which is that I don't need to pre-plan before writing once I have internalized a lot of other things. So one of the things that I was working on this year was a novel just for fun, um, which is a Alfred Hitchcock writes the Dragon Riders of Pern kind of thing. And, uh, I want to read that. <laughs> and it, it, rather than doing what I would usually do, which is sit down and think about the breeds of dragons and all the, the different, it's a secondary world and all of that, I just started writing because what I realized was anything that wasn't on the page in the novel isn't canon, so I only, and if it's in the novel, then I can use my find function to just go back and find the thing. The only things that I'm writing down in a separate research document are the things that are difficult to search for. Like, what was the name of that dragon? I've made up the spelling of the word. Um, and so I've got a document that I say breeds of dragon. And I go and I, I, I put them 
at the end of a writing session, I will go and drop it in there if I've come up with a new breed of dragon. Uh, but it was, it, it's been, that novel came faster than pretty much anything that I've written up to this point. But it's also not something that I would have been able to do early in my career uh, because of the number of different other pieces of story structure that I would have, that I, I hadn't internalized You yet. already know how to, how to cut world building, you know, the, the unnecessary bits mm-hmm. from the from the dialogue, from the exposition, from the whatever. And so you can discovery write your way on, on the way in and and it will feel like what you have written before. It's it's like kinesthetics. It's yeah. it's you know, yeah. I had I had to earn it, but but that has been it has been interesting because it also means that I'm not getting bogged down in details that I will never use. One of the things that I've started to rely on more and more this year in my world building is uh, randomizers. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I, you know, if I'm trying to come up with whatever it is, if it's geography, if it's a religion, if it's anything, if it looks exactly like what I need it to look like, it's going to feel fake. And so using, you know, random generators or just asking three-year-olds for ideas, you know, whatever it is that you're doing that adds enough noise into it that it feels more real and t- forces me to figure out, well, okay, why is this religion, you know, why is why are horses so important to them? That's not something I planned, but the randomizer spat it out and now I've got to deal with it. And that ends up producing something much more layered and much more textured than what I probably could have come up with on my own. You know, that kind of plays into something. It's not necessarily world-building related, um, just writing-related, that I've come more and more to see the books that I'm writing, uh, and I talked about this before on the podcast, as performance art, in that you are capturing a moment of my life and the way I respond to things um, in a story. And it's like, I've I've often thought when I was younger that something was either right or wrong mm. in storytelling. I have to find the right way to tell this story. I have to find the, you know, the best way to tell this story. And the older I get, I get, the more I'm looking at, this is a capture, a snapshot of who I am um, as I'm doing this. And so previous things that I've, I feel like now I've gotten wrong, I, ha- I feel more liberated from them, that it's not like I did this world-building element wrong or this part of, of Mistborn 1 wrong. That was a snapshot of who I was and how I viewed storytelling at that moment, um, which also helps me to kind of avoid the the impulse to Lucas, my old things, <laughs> right? Because what they are is that they are a piece of performance art that was me at that point in time. And now what I'm writing is a piece of performance art that is me. And the the adding the randomizer and things to it kind of captures this essence because it's it's less about making sure all the pieces are exactly right and more about what does the person I am with the skills that I have uh, trained myself in do with this set of inputs? Mm-hmm. What piece of art comes out of it? Yeah. It, it, sorry, it's just making me think about the project that we worked on together mm-hmm. because... So Brandon gave me a story bible mm-hmm. and then I and, and an outline and then I wrote from that. Mm-hmm. And there were pieces of the world building that I'm reading. I'm like, this makes no freaking sense at all. Brandon, what you're supposed to be so girl good at world building. What is this? Mm-hmm. And the conversation that we had was that which I thought was really interesting was that a lot of times it's not so much that you have it all worked out ahead of time. It's that when you get to it, you can make the interstitial pieces work. And so, like, coming into it and going, okay, so I just need to figure out 
how to make this work. It was like it was like having a randomizer. There were a number of things where I'm like, this does not make any sense at all. <laughs> but the thing that I forced out of not changing it is way more interesting than than just like, well, I'm going to change it so it makes sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, let me let me see if I can find the connecting pieces that. So it was a randomizer. It was a randomizer. A randomizer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. You know what that is reminding me of is, um, you know, the the the, the current theory that uh, dinosaurs were were most closely related to birds. Did you say dinosaurs? Because I, I really I want tripped that. over that. <laughs> dinosaurs really- <laughs> is actually the title of my next writing prompt. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, no, so one of the, one of the things that I've seen recently is is you know there's this big focus on we think dinosaurs look so weird, but look what happens when we take all the feathers off a swan. That is one freaky looking thing. And so, you know, that that's kind of what a lot of outlines are is they are just the swan with no feathers or the bear with no hair. And of course it looks weird and of course it doesn't look right. And while you're writing, that's when you add all the rest of the stuff and make it look like a real thing. The flip side of that, and I would encourage readers to go look this up, uh, what do penguins look like with no fat? What does a penguin skeleton look like? A penguin looks like a weird waddling swan. Their neck is enormous. They don't have no neck. They're like all neck. And the, the artist who looked at this says, well, what happens if I put that much fat on a dinosaur? And the answer is, they all look like they all look like very frightening slugs. Um, and 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 as a as a uh, as a world building practice sort of trick, that sort of uh, you know turn the knob all the way to eleven, turn the knob all the way to zero, and see what you get. Uh, that visualization is just beautiful. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Um, let's go ahead and stop for our book of the week, which is a really interesting story. Or not story, nonfiction book. Yes. Yeah. So this is The Incomplete Art of Running by Peter Sagal. And I read it because um, because it was given to me and he's a friend. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't really like running, but okay, I'll read your book. A book about running should not make me cry as many times as it did. It is, it is part memoir, part why you should run, part kind of reflection on culture, and filled with stories. It begins, and it's, oh, the storytelling in this is so good, but it begins with him running in the Boston Marathon right, and he crosses the finish line right before the bomb goes off. Um, and, and that is not the most heartbreaking story in, in this. It is just wonderful. And I, the reason I'm encouraging you to read it because it's just good, honestly. Um, and I'm excited about it, but I also feel like it's one of those books that is useful to apply to other aspects of life, like persevering when something is difficult and, and finding the reason. One of the things he talks about in this is that you, you know, sitting down and practicing uh, etudes is not going to get you to Carnegie Hall. Having a goal, that is the, the thing. And I feel like it's, it's that way with writing too. It's not just like, I'm going to put down a bunch of words. It's like, I'm writing with a goal. And, and so read, it's, it's a great book. The Incomplete Art of Running. By Peter Sagel from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, so another question I had that didn't quite fit into anything else, but I think kind of comes here. Um, have you guys ever used non-writing hobbies or uh, parts of your life, uh, things you've done as practice for your writing? I'm, of course, targeting <laughs> RPG playing, because I know Dan and yes. I have both done this. How has... So, playing, so here's one games. that I would – the f- most fascinating part of the Sleeping Beauty story for me are all the people who woke up after 40 or 80 years or whatever it was and found their home and their whole country covered with thorns and realized that they now lived in what was essentially this post-apocalyptic wasteland because of a curse that had happened generations ago that everyone had slept through. I would love to tell that story. But – I don't know exactly how everyone would react. And so putting that into a role-playing game, presenting a group of four or five players and say, okay, you wake up, check it out, what do you do, is a really great way to just kind of run an experiment and say, well, how would people react to that situation? What would they do? What would that look like? And then kind of collaboratively figure out, here's a really compelling story that could come out of that premise. Howard, you ever used role-playing as a way to try out a character or an idea? I, I don't know that I've done it with, with role-playing in that mm-hmm. way. The thing that I, I keep coming back to is the, the music composition study that I did. Uh, the, the, I, the shaping of a piece of music is very similar to the shaping of a story. Uh, the, the dominant pedal, which is that uh, that a uh, key change thing that happens right toward the end in a lot of Western music that tells you we are approaching the end. Um, that exists in fiction. That's a thing. 
And often I will look at what I am writing and ask myself, okay, which of these threads is the dominant pedal? Which is not a question anybody who doesn't know something about music would ever ask. They just wouldn't think about it that way. It's perfectly possible, perfectly possible, lots of writers don't have any music training at all, Mm -hmm. and they successfully signal that we're approaching the end of the book. They talk about it differently. And and I think that's part of what gives us, uh, and I'm, you know, moving wide now, that's part of what gives us our different voices, is that the, the analogies, the metaphors that we use for the tools that are in our toolbox uh, cause us to deploy them perhaps a little differently. Now, I would pitch this at you, Mary Robinette, but we know that there is nothing in your past uh, like a, <laughs> another career that has ever that, informed the way that I you... Know. I know. It's just go... It's, was it season three, episode six, I mm. think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Um, and the, you hear me talk about puppets all the time. Um, the thing that you probably don't hear me talk about uh, is uh, as much is... Um, the uh, the relationship that I have with my family, uh, which winds up informing pretty much everything that I write, um, and and it's not quite using role playing where I'm running scenarios with them, but I will um, I will think about how like my mom would react to a situation or how my dad would react. And they're very different people. They're best friends, but they're very different people in a lot of ways and where their commonalities are. So sometimes I will, I will cast, recast a character briefly as a family member in order to, to figure out a, a true honest reaction for that character, even if that's the only piece of the family member that goes in there. People ask me a lot because they know one of my nerd hobbies is Magic the Gathering. They say, oh, how has Magic the Gathering, Gathering influenced your stories? And I've had to think about this. And they, I think, are going to assume, oh, it's the world building or, uh, you know, you like cool magic systems, so maybe the game mechanics and things like that. Um, it's very hard for me to separate that out because I just grew up in an era where, you know, you played video games, you played lots of board games, you all of these things are a big jumble in my brain, and I can't point to any one thing that magic has done with that, but there's an unexpected one, which is the politics of four people playing a competitive game <laughs> against one another, oh. um, where you're each trying to win the game and have ter- certain tools and resources at your disposal, has really influenced the way I do political um, work between nations in my books. In fact, I was writing an outline yesterday where I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this aspect. Um, how, if you are the weaker party, how do you win in a war? Well, if there's three people, you look for the person who's strongest and you gang up on the strong person with the other weak party. And almost always the person who is doing best in the game loses first. Almost always, because if they're a threat, everyone else gangs up on them. Um, and so that's not the case in a one-on-one, but in a, th- a, a four-person free-for-all, you don't want to be the strongest party. Um, and so I actually wrote in my outline of characters like, I, th- I know how I can get to bring this person down. It's by exposing how strong they are so everyone else will gang up on them. And those sort of political games um, has been really handy for me 
in designing, you know, epic fantasy stories. This is why back in college, the number one rule of any magic game we played was kill Brandon first. And they always ignored you (laughs) when you told them that. Nobody ever believed me. Yep. You always kill Brandon first. Yep. And if you don't, I will figure out how to get everyone to gang up on you. And then, um, but that, that sort of stuff was really fun for me to figure out how human (laughs) beings work. Um, so there you go. You can, you can trace my political (laughs) intrigue stories to me playing magic with Dan. Um, we are out of time. So homework, what we would really like you to do is do the thing that we have done in our writing careers. Take something that's very familiar to you that may not seem like it has anything to do with writing, like audio engineering or puppetry or playing uh, card games. Look at something you're fascinated by and try to see if you can extrapolate from that storytelling principles that'll help you understand the way that you might tell stories um, and the way that your life experience might turn you into a better writer. Kind of a philosophical one for you this week, but hopefully it'll be really handy for you. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.